Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. From acclaimed filmmaker Goran Stolevsky comes a story exploring the universal truths of family, both the ones we're born into and the ones we find ourselves a part of. Dita never wanted to be a mother, but circumstances forced her to raise her girlfriend's two daughters, a tiny troublemaker by the name of Mia and a rebellious teen, Vanessa. A battle of wills ensues, and the three continue to butt heads and become an unlikely family that must fight to stay together. It's a wonderful film, and it is told with tremendous amount of heart. The film, again, is called Housekeeping for Beginners, and we're joined today by the director and writer of the film. That would be Gorn Stolevsky. Gorn, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you for having me, Mike. Such a pleasure. This is such a warm-hearted film, and one of the things that makes it feel that way is the actors that you're able to bring in to this project, and we'll get to all of them uh, shortly, but... What was the inspiration for you to write and direct Housekeeping for Beginners? Um, it was uh, it, uh, years ago, actually. I came across this photograph that a friend posted the time when he moved to Melbourne in the 1970s and moved into a house with his boyfriend and eight gay women. Um, and they had this, uncom- obviously, at the time, unconventional household. And it was just a ordinary photo from just a random day in their life and i remember seeing it and going i want to live in that space a little bit this sen- the sense of you know sanctuary essentially uh for like uh queer people in a place that you know wasn't very conducive to to them living their lives so yeah i wanted you know that kind of context doesn't really work in present day australia but i think a lot of uh, a lot of that sense of needing a sanctuary very much transfers to i think the majority of other countries in the world today including my native Macedonia. So I shifted it to the present day and I shifted it to Macedonia as a kind of a stand-in for pretty much all of Eastern and Southern Europe. I gave it the family dynamics that I grew up with in my my biological family, essentially, where you had multiple generations kind of at each other's heads in an overcrowded house at all times. (laughs) So, yeah. One of the keys to the film is the ability for you to take these characters, these defined characters in the film, in these very specific circumstances that they find themselves in and to expand their world and what they have to do in that world to highlight other social inequities and bigotry around them. And I thought it was done very effectively, especially in spotlighting just how perilous it is to be a gay man or a lesbian in a society that is so openly hostile. Yeah, essentially. I mean, uh, to me, like, they're all a stand-in for something universal, you know, like the need we kind of have inborn in us to always need to belong in this kind of, in a group of people where you can fight and argue but still feel safe and loved. Um, and that's what it comes down to, that kind of need, primal need for family that happens even when you're not looking for it, you fall into these dynamics. I think before you can have the universal, you need to have something extremely specific. If the details don't work in that kind of micro way, uh, the macro is pretty much irrelevant. 
so yeah, I went from trying to build as believable, you know, human beings as I possibly could and a web of relationships um, around them as well. And then, you know, everyone's lives, uh, but especially in more impoverished countries, are, are shaped by kind of socioeconomics and politics, you know, around them. And in this case, again, to try and document day-to-day uh, -to -day life in this time and place in a way that feels very, like, lived in and authentic, you know, we touch on the politics around it. But more is just the context. Like, ultimately, this is just a story about people, you know, trying to live the fullest uh, life that they possibly can within the limitations of you know that the time and place has been allotted to them and sometimes the limitations that also family brings to you because those dynamics can sometimes feel like they're limiting you you know essentially i think your film is very effective in exploring the idea of the conventional family and i don't think i've ever met the conventional family no exactly <laughs> that's more science fiction than anything else <laughs> so as we're talking about the film in terms of it's about a unconventional group of people trying to, attempting to be a conventional family, one that at least that's how the outside world will see them. And it works so well because you have a great cast, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention who for me is an outstanding performance from Samson Salim, who is kind of all things to all people in the, uh, in the context of the family and outside of the family as well. Let's talk about him and the cast of people that you brought together in this. He's the glue. I mean, essentially, he is the mother in the end as well. <laughs> like in the film that's about motherhood, I think the person who most resembles traditional maternal instincts is uh, ironically this 20 year old gay Roma boy yeah, <laughs> in yeah. this household. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. No, it's very very lucky to have him coming to my life and coming to my film. Like Samson's, um, he's never done any. Um, he's never been on set, certainly. But like all the acting he ever did was in high school plays. Um, and you know, just for context, like for him to be able to do the role in the film, like at the time he was working in a pizza joint in you know ten ten hour shifts seven days a week. Um, and we had to negotiate with his boss so that he could hold on to the job position, that he could give him four weeks leave, that we had to pay the boss extra on top of what he would have paid him. And then on top of that, find someone else to replace him and train him uh, to train someone else to do the job for four weeks. So like to make a film that's, you know, unconventional and diverse, often you kind of have to think outside the box anyway. And it, you end up having to do all these other tasks around it. Um, and then, it what you know what makes it worthwhile is that you meet amazing these amazing people that you otherwise wouldn't have met and you get to capture these lives on screen that you don't otherwise have any record of is what what really panics me and concerns me <laughs> and I'm like what a gift it is to find this guy like where you know you can't have a bad take with him because like put a camera on him and like his face lights up the screen like that kind of screen presence is uncanny and, you know, I hope other filmmakers, quite frankly, also give him roles because I think there's so much that, you know, like so many stories he gets to offer. That truly is remarkable because his ability to stay in character, to be able to essentially flesh out that the role that he's in really does belie the idea that he has no professional training. He is a natural. And to see the energy that he brings to this role and his ability to be empathetic with all of the different characters in the film is is truly a, a gift. 
very tricky character to pull off. Like, yeah. you know, I was always ver- worried that, you know, um, it, I mean, it was inspired by someone I vaguely know, but like, uh, at least the energy of it, not the situation. But like, it, it's a very difficult thing. Like, I was w- always worried that he would come off as very written, you know? And I remember like, literally breaking into tears on like day three of filming, like uh, during a take where it, it's one of the early scenes. It's not at all like a crying scene. He's just like, I'm like doing, like pulling out a rollout couch and talking to the girls and just kind of randomly quipping about random things. And it wasn't, at all, it's not at all a sad scene. It's a hilarious scene. But yeah. to me, I'm just like, this piece of writing that I, I was always just a piece of writing suddenly is coming to life in a way that like, that's when I was like, oh, it's real. It's not just like something I. <laughs> made up it's it's a murphy that's alive and breathing and living you know like through him and through all you know again for him to give that performance there needs to be an ensemble around him that he can also emotionally bounce off of and engage with and yeah and just to continue that thread of the performances of the film anna maria marinka who plays dita who's who has most effectively been able to live her life without betraying her personal life in a way that has over time kind of beaten her down she's exhausted from all of the anxiety that goes along with the way that she's had to live her life and she's terrific in this film she's bad (laughs) (laughs) in addition to Anna Maria Marinka we also have Mia Mustavi who plays Vanessa kind of the troubled teen and another hidden gem in this film is draws the Salim, and I'm just noticing the same last name as Samson. Uh, Are they related? Yes, that's the trick. (laughs) I just saw that. I didn't notice. So, yeah, the little girl is actually Samson's real-life daughter. (laughs) She's amazing. She is another amazing character in the film. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's the thing. Yeah, like, because also she built a lot of that character. I mean, you know, a lot of the dialogue ended up being what was written in the end, but ultimately you don't get the direct Jada Selim. Five-year-old Jada Selim gets to direct you and you should be grateful that she's even like taking the time, frankly. Um, And it was this thing of like, you know, she came to not just set, but life with a certain kind of energy. Like you could try and bottle it somehow or try to kind of minimize it and like make it a bit more conventional narrative or you go okay there's lightning in a bottle here uh, mm. you know there's fire in the eyes and either we follow it and go where it takes us and get the exciting version of the story or you go with like what you were writing like and in you know with Jada, like what fool would go back to the written dialogues she was just there's also this sense of like to her it was basically just role play like the role play games she plays with dolls she was doing mm. real life people and she was constantly commenting on the action that they were doing. And, like, you know, she was kind of like, what's saying this right now? Oh, my <laughs> God. Real-time oh commentary. That was priceless. Given the performances you got from Samson, Salim, and the Zada, Salim, you have done well to bring the entire family into this uh, enterprise, right? Actually, her mom is also, like, she needs to be in another movie. Well, there <laughs> you go. <laughs> Her mom was eight months pregnant while we were filming, and she was on set quite a lot to help with Jada, so I'm oh very I just want to remind our listeners that we're speaking with Goran Solevsky. He is the writer, director, and editor of this terrific film called Housekeeping for Beginners. It is the Macedonian 
entry for Best International Feature Film for this year's Oscars, and it is in theaters right now, so be looking for it. Housekeeping for Beginners, just a really well-done film. It has a compelling story, it has terrific acting, has a great look to it, so be looking for Housekeeping for Beginners. Again, it is Macedonia's entry into this year's Oscars for Best International Feature Film. Like, we've had um, So Honeyland a few years back. It's from the same country. Um, and I love that movie. Okay, all right. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, no, wow, well, yeah. okay. A very different perspective on well, Macedonia. Well, once again, congratulations on Housekeeping for Beginners. The film is in theaters right now. Be looking for it. And... I couldn't be happier for you and for your cast, especially. Just terrific performances all around, and uh, and being designated as the official entry for Best International Feature Film, that's no small accomplishment. I just want to thank you so much for spending some time with us here today on Film School Radio. We've been talking with the director, writer, and editor, Goran Stolevsky. Goran, thank you so very much for being here. Thank you, Mike. It's genuinely been a total pleasure. Thanks so much. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Film School Radio.